sometimes if you don't consciously write down, like, here's my break time, then you just sort of half work yeah. all the way through oh, it. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you, you, you're like, oh, we just had break, and I didn't really take a break. Yeah. Right. That's the worst kind, too. The worst kind. It's better just to work all the way through it. Mel, so what do you think about that? Planning your downtime. Planning breaks. Well, maybe it's a good idea. Breaks and downtimes are good ideas, right? Planning a few seasons of those during the year can be good for the summer or for the beginning of the year. And you want to make sure it's downtime, right? And that it's not going to morph into a slightly less busy version of work, right? Hi, I'm Gary, and in this episode of the Hopology Podcast, you're going to go inside Michaelin's secret system for taking a break, how she keeps lists for seasons of downtime, and we'll get some ideas for making the most of those small breaks that show up for just part of a day, and we'll be inspired to use lists to help us discover what's really important to us. Plus, we'll finish with hope for the writer in you. If you don't already know, you'll learn a bit about how a book takes shape and how editors are not scary, they're there to help. And so are we, we hope. Let's start with Mike Willem, who's in the middle of one of her seasonal breaks right now. Do you always take a break from writing on your blog? I started officially last year and I had a date, which usually is December 15th-ish. And knowing that from then until I try the end of January, to not give myself any assignments, which to me is work. Like an assignment is work, but just writing for fun isn't work. So it's not like I will, oh, I won't have a post on my blog because writing a post on my blog is fun. Feeling like I have to write a post on my blog on a certain date for a certain thing is when it feels like work. I wonder if everybody feels that way because I feel the same way. I like having nothing scheduled. Yeah. And it's not that you don't want to work. It's that you don't want to have to do a certain thing. Oh, having to do it takes all the fun and creativity. Is everybody that way? I'm that way too. Yeah. Well, there's three. So that must be a universal. (laughs) I think that's 100% chance. It's not that you're lazy. It's that you just want to be able to pick and choose whenever you want to do it. I don't want to have to. Yeah. I want to get to. You want to get to. So you, so yours is, so are you doing that again this year? I'm doing that again this year. So really what that looked like for me was I just said no to anything that came up at that time, which it's a great time because not a lot comes up anyway. Who's going to want you to do something? There's just not a lot. So it works for everyone. Even people online, we're not, I don't get online and do a lot of stuff, you know, for my own self for fun. So it's just kind of a win-win. And then what I do that helps anticipate it. Some people do like an advent calendar, (laughs) but what I do is I write down everything I have to finish before (laughs) December 15th, and then I cross them out. Yeah. And your list isn't growing because you're not going to do stuff. So I have like five, well, I did agree to a couple extra things, but I had crossed so much out. It just keeps getting smaller and smaller. It's getting smaller, getting shorter. (laughs) But don't you then have another list of of what you're going to do when you're... Yes. (laughs) I'm looking at it now. It's a fun list. There's nothing on it. No, no, Dad. This is protecting. Oh, that's how I organize my list. It's the cover page. Oh, you have a cover page on your list? I have a cover page for all my lists. <laughs> Stop. What's Because they're on clipboards. So they need a so cover. So do you have like 10 different clipboards? Uh-huh. No. And they all hang. No. And so... Where do you hang them? In the hallway in the basement. They should be in my office, but I haven't been using the office. How are they hung? Like what? Like on a nail? They, okay, you can't get the kind of clipboards that don't have a hole. You know how the new kind are like flat? Yeah. Trying to make them all cool? Right. It's the old school. No. You have to get the kind with it, and then you hang it on a But tack. I mean, what are the categories? If you have them hung in a row, what's the row mean? No, it's meaningless. Okay. It's, they're just hung because I can grab it. Because okay. I try to do what Emily does. Brilliant. Emily's so good at her bullet journal. 
and I tried that, but then I couldn't see everything. You know, it's like, oh, here's an orange tab talking about what I want to do on spring break. And then I ran out of room. So 20 pages later, that was hard for me. I wanted mm. to be able to take all my pages this out. Is genius. It's a clipboard journal. It's a clipboard. Yeah, it's my system. Sort of. So you have so so right now this one that you have in front of you is mm-hmm. a clipboard with the cover page that says on break. Yes. You so can't write it. Look, I tried to write it high, but she, then that covers it. Yeah. Uh-huh. With so your she clip. wrote it in the middle of the page. It's just hand right written. Right in the middle. Yeah. Quarter hand, down. Handwritten. So the second question I had <laughs> before it's scrawled. <laughs> Chicken scratched. <laughs> what are some of your other cover pages? Okay, I have webinar ideas. Okay, I have. Cozy Minimalist 2.0, which is my class. So like things I want to do to make it better. I have things I owe, like money that I owe to different things. Um, <laughs> I know that's not, like my taxes, you know, Money's. just like thing, money's owed, <laughs> money due. <laughs> but like any big things that aren't part, like mostly like nesting place stuff. Like, right. I don't know. Even, Work type stuff. Yeah, like CPA, just things I need to keep in order. It's on clipboards instead of like a Evernote or something. Because uh, at digital. any moment I can just grab an extra sheet of paper and write on it. And then when I get home, I clip it to it. And now mm. I did used to have one for book ideas, but then that got so big. Now it's in a bag. Wait. For your book that you're going to write or all the books you want to write? No, it's all for one book. One book. Okay, mm-hmm. got it. You have a bag of notes for a book? Yes. Bag like what notes. kind of bag? A bag of notes. Um, She's a bag lady. a fabulous day bag. <laughs> what else? I mean, is it a... It's, a it's like bag. a little... Grocery bag? A plastic no, bag? No, it's like a... Canvas bag. Pouch bag. Yeah, yeah okay, like a okay. canvas bag. But that, all the notes are on three by five cards. Okay. So every thought is on its own note and it's really thick with thick notes. And they're just all thrown in the canvas bag. Yeah. Is that hanging next to the clipboards? It is hanging next to the clipboards. Yeah. Okay. You're, you're, that's, you're Captured organized. Captured the ideas. Yeah. Huh. Except right before we recorded, it took 15 minutes to find this clipboard. Okay. Well, it, I didn't realize it set on <laughs> <Yeah>. break. <laughs> no. But that's the problem with working at home. And I have an office over there that doesn't have internet. And so I've been, I, I, one of my goals this year is just figure out that I need to work over there, get internet over there, and move all my working stuff over there. Right, because you're her, because your I'm kind of in two places. I have supplies right. okay. over there, and you want some books. You want some lines drawn then yeah. between the your yeah. roles, huh? Yep. So uh, uh, when you're going to rest and you're going to take a break, why would you write stuff down? Doesn't that make it like more work to you? Well, you're just changing the kind of work you're doing. Emily and I talk about this sometimes. Like when you have a day off, or when the ever, the house is quiet on a Saturday, and you didn't expect it, and all of a sudden you think, "I'm wasting it. I don't know what to do." You felt like that before, right? Oh, absolutely. Like you look forward to it, look forward to it. Mm -hmm. And then you drop the kids off or whatever and you're there. I have 10 things I want to do. So I stand in the middle of my room. I've literally stood in the middle of the room and walking in circles Mm -hmm. because I don't know where to start. Oh, yeah. And then 15 minutes go by. Yeah, 20, 30, an hour. Mm -hmm. And now you think, then you start going backwards. Look at all the things I could have done in this (laughs) hour. But you couldn't have done an hour and 15 minutes. You could have only done one thing. An hour and 30 minutes. Yeah. When you pick something, you though, you're, pick. Auto- you're automatically not picking the other you nine. You have to pick. That's yeah. why you have a list. Right. Yeah, okay. So the list is to kind of just remind myself of the things I want to do when I'm on break. And maybe I'll do nothing. Like, I remember last year I thought, when we moved to this house, there was an old dollhouse. And I thought, I can't wait to have time. I'm going to paint that dollhouse. I'm going to wallpaper the inside with craft paper. Well, I had time. And I thought about it. And I was like, meh. I don't think I really want to play with a dollhouse. Like that sounded fun, mm-hmm. but now I have the time, but it reminded me that I could. So it gave me the mm-hmm. option. So this is, yeah, I have my list of you things. You didn't have to do it. So you yeah. put it on your, it's a totally different kind yeah, of list. Like, then, oh, really. maybe I want to do this just to remember all the things that when I was working, I wished I had time to yeah. do. Right. 
doesn't mean I have to do them, yeah. but just I, that reminder. I didn't really want to do it anyway. Yeah. Oh, well, I don't have but to. But now you can. So yeah. what are some things on your list? Um, well, essential oils. I just want to learn about essential oils and maybe buy some. And mm-hmm. what's a diffuser? Do I need a diffuser? What are these things? How does it work? But I know if I try to do that now, it'll be an excuse not to do your actual work. Yeah, I'll sit on there all day long and run and read everything that Edie says about them. And What are essential oils? They're just oils. She'll tell you after oils the break. that smell. <laughs> It's like clearly I haven't them. done my research. Yeah. She'll tell you like in about two oils months. Oils smell. Ten W forty? Is it low no. viscosity? It's like, yeah. Huh? I don't know. We're gonna find out. So okay, then it. I just wrote down like read, and then as a book comes to mind, I'll write that book down. So one, I want to read Thinking Fast and Slow. So if I remember a book, like if I'm just in the car or here on the internet, and I'm like, ooh, that would be fun to read during my break, I'll run in there and write it down. Okay. And same with movies. Like, oh, I want to make sure I watch some movies. I want to make sure I read some movies. You've got the word movies written down. So then you're going to, it's like if you're going to go on a vacation, you'll make a list of stuff you want to do, right? We want to play miniature golf. We want to go eat calabash or whatever, right? Yep. Okay. What else is on your list there? Um, Tread. Treadmill desk. So I want to set up some kind of honky tonk treadmill desk probably in my new office. You going to make it up or? Yeah, because the real ones are really expensive. Mm-hmm. I want to cook. So, like, that makes me feel like, because at the end, I will have cooked anyway. And that'll make me remember, oh, I enjoyed cooking. I did that. That was part of my break is that I got to enjoy it hmm. and cook something new. Find a place for a certain cabinet. Work on our stairs. Just dumb things. Paint. You know, nothing it's life-changing. All the, it's all the stuff that you carry around, like, in your psyche when you're busy that you can't do. Yeah, that and you wish you had time for. Hmm. When I was working on uh, my book and hadn't turned it in yet, or maybe it was even turned, it was turned in, but it hadn't come out yet. I just had a lot of work to do when it came to that. I remember I picked up Joy the Baker's cookbook one night and I was just kind of thumbing through it, just come out and she has like little stories in it. And then she's got recipes. It was her most recent one. And I was reading about scones and I teared up like a fool (sighs) because in my mind I thought, I don't have, I don't really have the time to make scones. It's kind of a luxury. It's Mm -hmm. like... You, you know, two part was process. It a, was it a sad cry? Because it was you, like a like I really wish that my oh, life right now oh. was a scone making life, but I felt like making scones for me would have been avoiding the work I needed to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I could have done it, but I didn't have the brain. I've never made them before, and I didn't really have the brain space to like learn all the things. And and I just, but I remember thinking like I'm gonna when this book is done, I'm gonna make scones, and then the book got done. And I pulled out the thing and I started looking at the recipe and I thought, eh, I don't know if I really like scones. <laughs> it's and so crunchy. I think I talked to you or Kendra or somebody about it and you're like, I mean, Scott, I mean, you know, they're fine. <laughs> like it wasn't a real reward thing uh-huh. when it's all done. That's interesting. But I was so glad that I could make the choice that right. I've chosen not to make scones. I'm so free. <laughs> you know, that's interesting because you had the same thing on your list. Right. The dollhouse. Michael and the dollhouse. But then when it came time, you weren't that interested in it and yeah. the scones. And when I, when we were doing the, uh, the monk house, you know, the writing shed behind our house, which was like one of those Home Depot or Lowe's uh, storage sheds, okay? So we're going to redo it. And I knew it. And so I made like a Pinterest page of all the cool things I'd like to have in an office, you know, or in a writing room. All how I'd want the walls to look and tin, you know, corrugated tin, metal. Oh, yeah, that would be awesome. But then when it came time to do it, 
and I could actually do it, all that stuff, if I wanted to. Yeah. Eh, I just want a finished office. That's too much trouble. <laughs> Let's not go to all that trouble. Let's just get some beadboard up and paint it white and move on. That's probably a universal, too, I then. I think it is. I think what it is is it represents the rest that you long for. Yeah. But then you realize it just represents the rest. It's not yeah. the actual rest. Mm-hmm. And so I think it was realizing, like, oh, now's my scone time. It's time to make scones. Mm-hmm. And that just represented the fact that I was done with my work and I could choose to make scones or not, but it wasn't really about the scones. It was about the space. It was about the rest. It was about having accomplished something. And mm. it was sort of a way in my mind, like, oh, that it's kind of like whenever, and we talk about this, you know, I know Michael and you don't love speaking at things and how, tell them about that time that you <laughs> and Angela went to speak at a thing and you were driving on the road. Oh, so <laughs> Angela and I had to go to a speaking event that was close to our house. So we drove about two hours away. And both of us, all we talked about the whole two hours was how much we dreaded the speaking back and forth. She would talk about it. I would talk about it. And then finally, she just said, all I can think about is when we're on that other side of the road going home. Oh, my gosh. I can't wait to be on the other side of the road. <laughs> the other side of the road. So now between you and I, that's become like a, a thing. I'm on the other side of the road. Can't wait to be on the other side you of the just road. Just imagine. And it doesn't matter what you do when you get there. Yeah. But it is kind of a, a weird, twisted way of celebrating progress, of recognizing like I did that thing and now I'm on the other side of the road Mm -hmm. and I thought that I was going to want to stop for a milkshake but I'm kind of in the mood for a burger instead you know it's kind of like you get it just represents something and once you gave yourself the time to decide if you want to make scones or not now you don't think about it anymore right because with the dollhouse I thought about it until my break and then I was like Uh, I could do it today, but I don't want to. I never think about it anymore. Like dollhouse isn't on my right. So maybe I won't do essential oils, but that was my, I will have had the time to do it. Yeah. So now I won't think about it after that. I don't know what will happen. Maybe I'll decide I hate them. Wouldn't it be though, like on a bigger scale, wouldn't it be sad if you had stuff on your list uh, that was like bigger than scones or or what you wanted to do on walls in an office or a dollhouse? And like you always... And you never had the chance to realize that once you actually did that thing, it wasn't really that big a deal to you. Right. You never got the chance to not do to, it. To, you never got the chance <laughs> right. to find out it really was not that important right. to you. Wouldn't that right. be sad? Well, yeah. I think I think probably I have things in my mind, and maybe everybody does, that you think that are bigger, like what you say. And it's, then you never get the chance it's to good, choose. It's good to be aware of that then, wouldn't it? It is. Because you could really long for something big time, which if you actually got it, and you hear stories of people saying, this is it, you know, when they get it, you know, right. this is it. Yep. Maybe it's not that big a deal and not worth sacrificing your whole life over. Yeah. And maybe it's nice. Maybe it's, you know, it would be smart for me to find ways to make scones even when I'm under a deadline, like before <laughs> I get to the place. But it is, I think for me, like how you scheduled this break, like, I mean, it's a natural break because it's a holiday, but you're kind of scheduling it in like you're taking it on purpose too. Because I think sometimes if you don't consciously write down, like, here's my break time, then you just sort of half work yeah. all the way through oh, it. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you... You, you're like, oh, we just had break, and I didn't really take a break. Yeah. Right? Or I just, like, reacted to everyone else's break mm-hmm. instead of being intentional about my own. That's the worst kind, too. The worst kind. It's better just to work all the way through it it's than better. to have. So you did this last year, though, right? Yeah. And, yeah. Did, that, and did you make lists last year? Um, oh, I did. Okay. I can remember a really great day. I sat in that chair over there by the window with my feet up on this little cushion. The heater was blowing, like the little plug-in heater. I had a blanket on my lap, and a cat sat on me. And I read The Rosie Project all day. And during that time, I remember that day thinking, this doesn't feel like all that special. 
this is, I'm just reading today. And I, and I remember thinking I could just, you know, do a little work or whatever. But I ended up reading like from the time the kids left till they got home from school. I think back to that day all the time yeah. and think that day was so wonderful. Mm. At the time, it didn't feel all that special. Like mm. it was fun, but I, I was half ready to work. Like, oh, working's kind of fun too. Right. But I just remember letting myself do that. And now it's such a great memory for me of yes. thinking back to that day that I read all day long as an adult right with a cover. Of a nerve yeah and a cat yeah. in my lap yeah. what yeah. In the, who do I think I am who do you think you are I read the whole day <laughs> yeah <laughs> but it's so great like I am trying to remind myself of that because I've done that too like if I just decide I'm gonna watch this Hallmark movie we're watching a Hallmark movie and it's the middle of the day everyone <laughs> you're calling it and I'm gonna call it and I watch it but do you know I I dream like daydream about oh isn't that like of being so glad about that decision. And do you know what I think it is? Partly it's committing to one thing mm-hmm. that I think we are, I am conditioned out of doing that, of, of entering into something, whether it's work or whether it's rest of just committing to it. It's like mm-hmm. how you said earlier, if you just choose one thing, you're saying no to everything else. That's my problem is I get stuck in the decision right. yeah. and then I go in circles and then I don't get anything done. Like last week, the girls had a half day of school. They normally get out at three. They got off out. It wasn't even a half day. It was like a quarter day, 1130. They got out. <sighs> so by the time I drove them to school, they dropped, started at 815. School gets back in. And I, mean, I had to pick them up at 1130. I didn't have much time to do some things I needed to do. So I just went to the Starbucks across the street from the school and... I was like, I'm going to do write this post and I'm going to do this other thing. And I only had a limited amount of time. <laughs> so it's like I work better when I have less, less productive time. day of the year. It was, mm. I keep looking back to it. It's been a week and I'm like, that day. If mm. only they got out if at 11.30 only they every day. Only, yeah, went to school till 1130 wow. every day. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what is wrong with me? Yeah. It was such a productive day because mm-hmm. I had to focus myself yeah. in one project, had, one task. Isn't there a story like that about a guy who was tied up in the woods? And bad guys like left him in the woods mm. and they tied him up and like a wolf came or something and he killed the wolf. Uh, but the story was, the moral of the part was he was able to kill the wolf, which he never would have been able to do if he had not been tied up. But he knew his he knew his limits. Limitations. He knew that there was only a couple of things he could do, and so he just <laughs> focused on those that those were going to be his only hope to to kill the wolf. Sometimes it's better when you're severely limited, mm-hmm. right? Because you you don't have uh, you don't get that uh, paralysis of all your choices that you have. Also, Emily and I have talked about this about taking a break every now and then. Something really fun or amazing comes along that happens during your break. And so the way that I decide if I'm going to do that is if I can do that and then ultimately it can help prolong the break, then I will say yes. I will stop my break Lift and do the break. that. Okay. Mm-hmm. And swap out the time. Yeah. And then the no, longer. well, that helps me prolong it for a couple of weeks for what, I, you know, depending on whatever your work is or you're breaking from. Hmm. Right, because you don't want to be legalistic about the break and let right. the break rule you. Mm-hmm. You yeah. want the break it's to there serve to you. Serve us. It, okay. But it makes you excited, around. though. You swap it out and you go, oh boy, I get to go longer. Yeah. And we should talk about hope writers. If, <laughs> if you're a writer and you want to encourage people and give them hope, well, you need encouragement and hope too. And so that's what Hope Writers is uh, about, a place, a community of hope and encouragement for people who want to give hope and encouragement. It can be easy as a writer in the, when you're writing on the Internet or when you're a writer who reads the Internet to feel overwhelmed. And I think there's a certain personality of some writers who, who feel like, well, I can't make it in this writing world because 
I don't operate that way. I can't keep up. I can't keep pace and I don't measure up. And so I may as well not even try. And so I'm excited that we've now created a place for writers who want to stay human, stay healthy and write words that matter. A lot of that just comes from having a community of other writers who feel the same way. And have you seen that? Like, what is the percentage of people who say that they think they have a book in them? I don't know. You might eat. It's high. It's super high. It's shockingly high. Well, here's the thing. I feel like writing is the only profession that people say that they're going to do once they retire. So it's like, oh, really? So so your work, you're going to do all your important work. And then when you retire, you're going to have fun and write a book. (laughs) At your leisure. Well, at your leisure. Because it's it's, just a leisure time It's recreation. It's not really work. (laughs) So it's like, okay, well, I'm going to be a doctor when I retire. (laughs) Like, no one says that, you know? So this is for the people who, like, take it. Like, let's take this seriously. Let's look at what we're doing and see, listen, I have something inside me that needs to come out. And it's just not just been put within me for me. It's that there's something in me so that I can serve someone else and become more fully myself in the process. Because I think that you think, well, oh, like, oh... I don't, what do I have? Who am I? And it's just like. That's a whole trip you take too. It's, in a, your whole, thinking, it's a whole journey. In your soul. Yeah. And you don't just taken, think it through on a weekend and figure it out. It's not just like, yeah, oh, well now I'm going to be a writer. But I do think that it starts there. And and you have to kind of decide, I'm going to take this seriously and I'm not just going to put it on my someday list. Kind of like we talk about taking a break and you have, you know, I'm going to work on this and this, you know, I'm going to read this book or I'm going to do this thing. Well, with writing, there's like, there's not a boss who's going to say, Oh, Michaelin, you, we need your, I mean, unless you have a publisher, but by then you've already done all this Mm -hmm. hard work because you have a publisher and you've agreed on a deadline. You're not going to get in trouble if you don't do it. You're not going to get in trouble. it's just in your heart. And it will just pass on by. So it's like, okay, well, what, with my writing, I've had to say things like that. Like, well, what am I going to, how am I going to, and it can be a word count. It can be a certain thing done by a certain time. But I think that with Hope Writers, that's sort of the, it's kind of like the, there's people in the stands now, like you're not, you're not, or, or there's people on the floor in the arena with you. It's mm. not just you sort of like, maybe one day I might possibly, it's like, no, we're now a community of people who all are doing this thing. And maybe we're at different spots on the journey. Totally. Yeah. But let's, uh, let's name it number one and know, know that we're not alone. I love this because as someone who gets asked about writing, now I have a place to like to talk about it and to even processes or behind the scenes that I think now I'm so excited to finally have a place to put some of that stuff and to ask my friends and my sister and like for all of us as we've joined together, what are your processes and how do you do that thing? And that's what's kind of fun. Everybody's different, but we're all alike, which is kind of a weird thing. But finding out how your uniqueness is also very similar to the kinds of struggles that uh, people have. So here's something fun is that you got to interview your editor. Yeah. Which that's one of my favorite things right now at Hope Writers is because something that she said in the interview um, as an editor, I mean, she, this is her profession. She sees lots of book proposals, works with lots of authors. And I've written four books, but something that Carolyn McCready, editor of Zondervan, your editor for Nesting Place Book, um, she said that we might be surprised to know, here's a little teaser, <laughs> that one thing we might be surprised to know um, about the whole editing process or about publishing is that it's very fluid and that it's not that the publisher acquires a book and then looks, sees it, the finished product in their minds. It's like 
they think they kind of know maybe what it might be, but it's not like there's one best title or one best cover or one best final product. And I thought that's so true. And I, I've known that in my experience, but just hearing her say that made me realize, and almost it was kind of freeing for me. Mm -hmm. I mean, did you feel that way too? Yeah. It's like, we kind of know that. And it's good to know that they know that too. Right. That they don't have, because that's sort of my Myers-Briggs type or my just personality is that I tend to think there's a right way to do something. And, and the editor knows what it is. The editor knows trying, what it is. And no one's telling me. Figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> no one's telling me or they know something, but they, yeah, they just, they won't say, and I have to figure out the very, very best, best. And that's not ever the case in something like this, but it seems like it is because you see a finished book, especially successful ones. And you think, oh, they, the plan they, they knew how to do it. They mm -hmm. know how to do it. And of course there's things you know how to do, but hearing her say that, like, oh, there's 20 covers that could have had, and there's lots of titles that could have had, and there's lots of directions they could have taken, but they just kind of her personality as an editor mixed with your personality as the author mixed with then you have this book that ends up and it's it makes it a little more exciting and a little little less intimidating in a way yeah she was fantastic and so encouraging and approachable and I never knew what an editor did until I wrote a book like I had no idea me neither yeah slap you on the hand and said ain't ain't a word I mean I didn't know. right like commas and stuff yeah. like I didn't dream that I mean yeah and some editors do that but I didn't I didn't realize that when I turned the book in that I would have other opportunities to change it after that first time. I didn't realize that my acquisitions editor was not going to tell me anything about my commas. She's looking at big picture. I didn't know that she was going to help me shape it in a lot of ways. Yeah, I'm actually even excited about all the things that I'm going to learn in Hope Writers as right. we interview people because that's one of my favorite things is we've maybe done, I don't know at this point, 10 to 15 interviews with fellow authors and publishing professionals. And it's like, it's just like people, like there's not a such thing as an uninteresting person. You just have to ask the right questions. And so as we've sat down with some of our author friends and people who kind of do what we do, but not exactly, you know, it's like, oh, we've written books. So our story should be exactly the same. Nope. Like they've got different skills, different perspectives. And it's just been really fun. That's been one of my favorite parts is just to kind of hear other people's stories. Yeah. We'd love to connect with you at the Hope Writers community right now. It's a membership website founded by Emily, Michael, and me, Dad, and our friend, Dr. Brian Dixon. Just visit hopewriters.com. Thanks for listening to the Hopeology Podcast.